0: Welcome to the Ditch the Suits podcast, where we get real about the stuff no one in the financial world wants you to know about. Learn how you can better manage your family's wealth while protecting it from financial exploitation and so-called financial advisors. Here's to your financial awakening. Welcome your hosts, Steve Campbell and Travis Moss. Welcome to Ditch the Suits podcast, Steve Campbell co-host with you. Uh, Very excited to have you join our podcast today. This is episode number 48, uh, Inching Ever Closer to the Big Five Zero. Uh, Today we're going to be concluding our three-part series on money, learning to sift through bad news, and living with virtues. You know, as we've discussed, there literally seems to be bad news everywhere you look, and we just can't seem to get away from it. In our last episode, we left off talking about trading algorithms and how they work. Well, today though, we're going to dive a little bit deeper into how headlines are influencing the markets and what you can do to begin to separate yourself from all the sensationalism. We need to begin to separate our emotions from facts, and this episode will help you do that. If you have questions, thoughts, or feedback, send us an email. You can reach us at DitchTheSuits at gmail.com. That's DitchTheSuits at gmail.com. We'd also love for you to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. And consider leaving a five-star rating and review. Your ratings and reviews help push our podcast to the top of the charts and reach even more people. So thanks for being our guest in the three-part series. Hopefully, it's inspired you to go out and live your best life. As always, Travis and I want to thank you for stopping by Ditch The Suits and enjoy this last episode. Well, welcome back to Ditch the Suits podcast, Steve Campbell and Travis Moss. We're going to be wrapping up this three-part series that we've been talking about, bad news, your money, and really just how to make sense of all the stuff going on. Uh, in our last episode, we kind of had touch base a little bit there at the end about algorithms and how they work. And you had tried to help kind of bring that episode home while making people understand there's things that are happening around the world that really don't affect you, but it's still hard not to separate yourself from bad news. So let's get into this last episode then. How can we start to try to Change the narrative or the life, or kind of redefine who we are so that we really can live our best life
1: let's stop looking for the reason that the market crashed or dropped yeah and and that that'll help us like if if we can let go of this care, if we could be carefree about this, it would be huge and and the reason being you're never gonna know why something did something you're gonna know people's perspective, but the real reason. It's probably something much less glorious than, you know, event XYZ happens. So nine times out of 10, the answer is probably really boring and nonsense sensational Every now and again, you have something happen where you can directly tie the market reaction to the event, you know, like a big event happens. But imagine talking about headlines, imagine if the headline was inflation fears, market tumbles which is pretty pretty normal, right? When I yep. look on my stock tracking app and I look at the news, that's inflation fears, market tumbles. What if I said for that same headline though, algorithms go haywire once again, ignore yesterday's results. Hmm. You'd be like, eh, okay. And you'd skip it. Yep. Inflation fears, market tumbles. I want to click on it because I want to figure out what the inflation fears are. Algorithms go haywire once again, ignore yesterday's results. I don't need to click it. I, I got the answer already, right? I, I'm not afraid of that. It's not coming to get me anymore. It's just like, yeah, that makes sense. They're, they're idiots. I hate those elbows, right? We, that's how we would respond to that. Have you ever noticed a headline that maybe about a particular investment or something that says, better than expected results, but still falls? And you're sitting there going, how, how is that possible? Inflation right. numbers come out better than expected, but the market still goes down. I thought the whole reason the market was down because it was because of inflation numbers. So yep. if, if they come back better, why doesn't it go up? It makes no sense, right? Yep. It's not supposed to make sense. In September 2022, Fed raises interest rates, markets tumble. That was one of the headlines, right? How was that news? Yeah, Literally, we knew they were going to raise interest rates. Why would the market tumble for something we already knew was going to happen? Why wasn't it already tumbled? Or was there something else going on? Back to the algorithms. Yep. You weren't surprised. I wasn't surprised. The guy investing his own money is not surprised. Nobody's surprised. The machines are just waiting for the headlines and boom, they start triggering and away they go. Yep. This is how I know that it's not the the normal person. Number one, you can't type that fast. (laughs) Right? Like... Not enough people can go that fast, let me put it that way, to to move the markets like they're moving. Number two, the vast majority of investors have mutual funds, whether it's in their 401k or at Vanguard's index funds or Fidelity got mutual funds, wherever they got their funds, right? It's mutual funds. Mutual funds don't trade in the middle of the day. That's why if you ever put an order in on your 401k, you can go in and cancel it before the end of the day Yep. because it actually didn't go through. If you go to like, you know, let's say you have some American funds or Fidelity, you go in and you sell this, buy this, sell this, buy this that day. As long as you get there between, depending on the company, 3.30 or 4, you can cancel it Yep. because they don't, they don't get routed until four o'clock. So that means when your buddy at work sees what's going on in the stock market at noon, and goes in and sells his whole 401k to cash, and he goes, well, okay, I'm out, I got out. He's not out. <laughs> He's literally not out until the end of the day. So he has nothing to do with what's going on in the stock market.
0: Well, But that's a great point for most people that probably from a financial literacy standpoint don't understand that, right? They They see a news headline, you know, market tumbles, it's down so many points today. And they maybe take action. I'm going to sell my 401k account, or I'm going to sell all my mutual funds because that's me time stamping. If I heard this noise at 10 a.m. and I hit sell at 10 a.m., I got out at 10 a.m. And what you're doing is, unless you own stocks or actual individual equities, that that's not happening. Maybe ETFs, but most people mutual funds they don't they don't. They don't actually sell till later in the day. So I think even just that is probably enlightening to a lot of people like, oh, I didn't really understand that's how those work. So when you're talking about this and you sell a, you know, a flash off during the day, this really is those algorithms because it's moving too fast for people. And you had kind of mentioned it a little bit in the, the previous episode, but I think in reading these headlines and how they're pre-programmed, that's really influencing what's happening with these investments.
1: Yeah, so... What we can all do, the one thing that we control, and we we talked about it before, as we get numb to the bad news and as we stop consuming it, what happens is, is that the system itself starts to react to that. Yeah. So the bad news slows down because less people are clicking on it. Yep. So what do you do to counter something that people aren't interested in? You do the exact opposite. This is part of the mm-hmm. reason why you have these polar swings in politics. It's, it's, it's the exact opposite response, right? So you get the opposite response to what's happening. So in comes the good news. Everything's going to be better than ever, right? And away the market goes because once there's more money to be made on the good news than there is on the bad news, we're going to ride that pony for a while. The problem with good news is people to, once people are yearning for good news right now, but they will get bored of good news in a certain amount of time yeah. because you'll be like, everything's good. I don't need to check in. And as soon as there's something that's existential and threatening your goodness, the stuff that you've come to take for granted, you will now start tuning in to, because you're afraid it's going to be chipped away at you. Yeah, you have to understand that that's the game. That's the cycle that we're in. That's the market cycle. It's the social cycle. It's the political It's everything. You've got bad, 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 bad until everybody ignores it. Then you have good. Until everybody gets tired of it. Then you have bad, 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 bad. bad. Then you have good. Yep. And it's because we're trying to keep you engaged. Yep. And There's a lot of money to be, that's where all the advertisements are, right? If you understand what, again, what the angle is, you can start to filter things. Imagine if you did not wake up in the morning and start your day off with reading 10 bad headlines. By the time you get in your car on the way to work, you're already worried about what's going on in the world. Imagine if you got in your car, was on your way to work, and all you had was good thoughts. And then you get done with work and you had a bad day at work and your boss is ticking you off and your coworkers suck and you're driving home and you turn on the news and the whole world's going to hell in a handbasket. Yep. By the time you get home, you are not in the position to be talked to, right? Like your deposition, you, you, you are not your, your disposition is just meh. That's you interacting with your spouse with your kids, with your neighbors, with your friends. And it's all because people put nasty stuff in your head. Right. Life is full of stuff that's going to challenge us and stress us out. Why put extra stuff in there so somebody else can get paid? You're literally, you're not writing, well, you kind of are writing the check. You know, we could figuratively discuss that, but you are not pulling out a hundred dollar bill out of your pocket and putting it into your radio and saying, here, give me some of this news. Right, They are selling something to you. They need you hooked. They need you depressed and anxious because if you're not depressed and anxious, you're not going to check in. If you're not checking in, the advertisers won't show up because the ratings are down. Yep, Understand that's what they're doing to you. And as soon as you start tuning out, you'll actually notice it starts to tick up the other way. With investing, with the markets, with your accounts, understand, you know, and we hammer home on this. And even like with our new associates that we train, this is one of the hardest concepts to actually get because the entire investment world tries to, and media world that talks about investing tries to get, tries to program people incorrectly. This is that $9 trillion of wealth loss issue. There is a difference between price and value. Prices change by the millisecond. That's what the algorithms are trying to do, right? They're trying to get get at that and make money on tiny price changes in very quick amounts of time. Value is more constant. Yep. And it requires, think about it like this, value typically requires an appraisal to change it. You don't get to just say, this is worth more because I said it was. The bank's going to say, no, we're going to hire an appraisal and come in and check it out. If you're a small business owner and you have a partner and you want to buy your partner out and you have a contract that says, I have the right to buy you out and it's time to buy your partner out and your partner says, I want to do a valuation. You said, no, the valuation's a million dollars. He's going to say, no, I think it's a million and a half. You know how you solve that? Somebody comes in and appraises it and then you use the appraisal value. Yep. It's, it's not your opinion. Your opinion doesn't matter. It's the appraisal going back to you know some somebody with a credential to say this is actually what the parts of this are worth, or the replacement costs, or you know whatever uh, methodology they're using to come up with the valuation. Value is a real thing that takes time to change. Price is changing by the millisecond, and there are people trying to take advantage of it, and they are tricking you by making you think that the price is a representation of wealth. yep so that gets us to our last section: values and virtues. So when I say this is, this is something I've been reading lately and and it's, and it's been quite impressive to me. And I never really thought about this before, but when I say value, Steve, what do you think about
0: the things that you cherish or that there's no price tag on? They're almost invaluable in a
1: way. So I could say like, you know, here's a list of my values then. Yep. Right. This is, this is, this is, verbally kind of what I say I'm all about. Yep. And then virtues. What do you think about virtues? Because I've never thought about this until I read this book. What do you think about virtues?
0: I think virtues, you can almost feel like the things that you wish you did or the, the qualities, right? So, so values are maybe the way that you are, what you stand for. Virtues, it seems like are almost a projection of those things
1: yeah virtues of what you actually do so do as i say not as i do yep right type of thing i might have that backwards but anyway uh values we talk about our values corporations do this all the time right we yep. we, we put on the wall we list all of our values every business book in the world says get your team together make sure everybody buys in in your values and we talk about values i think that we have matching values with all of our clients and things like that and our employees all share matching values But the question is, do we live them? Right. We say we have them, but do we live them? So, virtues are what we actually do. And I think this is relevant because this is how we deal with this, with everything that we've talked about the bad news, the algorithms, the volatility that we can't control without just saying, okay, I'm a little peon in a big game. I give up, I quit. I think people should make a list. What is the role that money plays in your family? And you can do this with all your values. We're going to focus on just the money part of it because that's, you know, that's our area. But what is the role that money plays in your family? Right. So how do you want your kids to interact with money? Is money all consuming? Is everything about money? Right. If you had no money, would you be happy? If... You had cancer and all the money in the world, but you were going to die. Would you trade all the money in the world so you could live? Right? So what is the role that money is supposed to play in your family? Are the kids supposed to be spoiled? Or do you want to teach kids the value of money and the value of philanthropy and, you know, the value of pacing yourself, not having everything you want right out the bat, but earning things? Why do you save money? I know people who struggle with this. They really struggle going from retirement or from working to retirement because they have to start spending savings. And the point always is, is why did you save it in the first place? Yep. If you're not going to spend it, why did you save? That's called hoarding. Hmm. Why are we doing this? What's the point of this? Give it away then. Give it to the kids, give it to charity, give it to grandkids, do something with it. What's the point of saving it if you're not going to use it? What do you plan to do with it? Do you plan to make sure that every generation in your family can go to college? Uh, do you plan to give it all away to charity so that your kids have to learn how to earn their own money? Do you plan? You know what I mean? Like, what yep. is it that, that money means to your family? And what do you, how do you go about managing it, basically? Why is it important? when I used to go around the country and I would do leadership presentations, I would I would ask young financial planners what their dream was. And the one rule about the answer was the dream could not be make money because we all want to make money. Yep. Or if we don't want to make money, we all need to make money so that we can do what we want to do. <laughs> right. Sure. So I don't want to make money. I just want to travel the world. Well, you need money to travel the world. So technically you want to make money. So let's make sure that we understand what we're, doing here. So we, money is a concept that all of us need that so we can do what we want to do. Right. But why, why are the, why are those things important to you basically? Right. Yep. Do I want money because it shows status or do I want money because I can retire young and coach junior football and have my grandkids on my team? You know, that type of thing. Come up with the reason and the why. These are your values. These are the things that are actually important to you. What is more important than money? I struggle. I've never been successful working with somebody who can't answer that question. Because money itself doesn't, like, there's, what is it? It's just a utility. You can have a vault full of money, but it doesn't do anything. Right. If it's just sitting in the vault, it's what you do with it that matters. So, what is more important than money? Yep, that's probably what you end up spending your money on, right? Because when you spend your money, you're saying this experience is more important than having money in the bank. Right. What you're doing there, I think, is you're you're forming up your values. The things that before you panic, you're saying are important to you. Because let's face it when we panic we all do things that we later regret. Most sure. people, you know, not most people, but a lot of people crack under pressure. Yep. So when we're feeling pressure, when we're feeling stressed, when we're riding home and we're, you know, it's been a bad day and it's bad news and I know my investments are down and you know, maybe I'm not going to be able to retire and I'm just so frustrated. How do we make sure that we bring in the the good things that happened? Every single day, because I'm sure that there's something good that happened that day. Yeah. Right. So how do we let that light back in and not become like helpless or hopeless or just depressed and anxious? Think about how we're responding to the news. Are my values in alignment with how I'm starting to respond to news? If I believe that I'm an optimistic person who believes that people are growing and changing and improving. But I said, if things recover, those two things are at odds. Yep. That's a good point. I've got some negative creep going on, right? Yep. It's creeping into me. It's like a shadow that's coming through me. I need to snuff that out and get rid of it. Mm -hmm. What can I do to bring my values and uh, how I'm responding to this negative news into alignment. And that's a hard question. I might have to turn it off, right? I might have to limit how much I can have. I might have to limit when I can have it. I might have to have a support group to talk about it that are yeah. all on the same page as me. Right. But I've got to have some way to digest this. If I'm going to consume it. Yep. I, I went to, um, state fair one time. And when I was a kid, those funnel cakes, I loved the funnel cakes. Hmm. And, uh, I never, never had a lot of money. So I always would have to share like the funnel cakes with somebody else. So I go with my wife and I get a funnel cake and I get my own funnel cake. And I'm so excited because I've never had my own funnel cake and I ate the whole thing. Do you know what happens to your stomach if you eat an entire funnel cake all by yourself? No boy. Yeah, it's, it's not good. It's going to take a long time to digest it. Right. So if we consume in your terms that you were using earlier if we consume a lot of crap
0: <laughs> yeah
1: it's going to take a lot of time to digest the crap
0: well and i would even encourage people to 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 not just you know as you're asking these questions think about it but to really write it down maybe maybe grab their spouse maybe grab their family and really think these questions through and, and write them down and take ownership of them you know, because we can have things on the walls of our offices where we work that say our stated values, but unless you actually own those, when tough times happen, what's really inside of you is what comes out. So you can say that we we value respect until a confrontation comes up and respect goes out the window. But writing these things down and owning them, I think this this will help you be honest about the way that you maybe see things or what you value. And I think it kind of segues into then kind of what we have here about you know being virtuous, right? So why don't you kind of walk us through then what you mean by some of these points?
1: So being virtuous is about living your life by your values and not just talking about them. Yep. Money is is a big change and uh, change agent in our lives. It can yep. make us if anybody knows somebody who Maybe they have a friend who inherited some money and then became very pompous and all of a sudden they can't hang out. Money can change us to the bad. Money can also change us to a good. Sometimes yep. people inherit money and it's far more than they need and they become very benevolent, right? And they they yep. they really want to take care of others and they use it for those purposes. Money can literally influence, influence us in very good and very negative ways. Use it and be cognizant of it, make sure that, you know, go through this exercise, understand your values before you talk about money. Look at everything that has to do with money and how you interact with it and say, does that match my values? Does my action regarding how I'm handling my money represent my values? If I am miserable and freaking out, because and and pushing people away because the stock market's down and therefore somebody must be doing a bad job or, you know, it's your fault because you're on that political aisle or whatnot. Does that match up with your values? Yeah. You're getting emotional because you're afraid of loss and you're stressed out because you don't understand it. Yep. Once you cross the path, of burning bridges, it's hard to put them back together and when you don't act like yourself that's normally when you destroy things that you otherwise would have wanted to protect and 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 cherish just be very very careful because i think that that's when when we get stressed and we don't understand what's happening especially when it comes to financial security that's when divorces happen uh it's when people make financial decisions that wipe them them out because they're they're they overtry, they reach. You know what I mean? They want to fix the problem. Yep. Like right now, if you want to fix the problem, let's pretend your, your investment account is 15, 20% down, and you're saying I need to fix the problem. You're wrong. You can't fix the problem. The problem's got nothing to do with you. The problem's got to do with the bad news and the algorithms. You need to sit there and wait, assuming that you have good, you know, good valuable investments to begin with right so if you don't understand what you own then maybe you got a problem but assuming that you've done your homework and you know what you own and there's good value there you can't fix it no matter what, how what amount of trading you do right now you cannot fix it yep and if the market recovers and your balance goes up that's not because you did something it's probably because you did you didn't do anything you remembered yep. your values and and your you know how you uh constructed your situation in the first place These are existential. events that you can't control. These are things that are just happening in life. You're along for the ride. Don't let them ruin the ride for you. Because it's just, we talked about it. Last market downturn was what? Six, seven months. Or no, five, was it with five months? What was the number going all the way back two episodes ago? Uh, It was five months. Before that, it was seven months. Don't destroy things because the market threw up on itself for five months. or seven months, or 10 months. It's not worth it.
0: Yep. And I think this role of values really helps. So as we bring this series to a close, if you made it all the way through, do a little exercise for me. I will link in the write-up for this, these questions. What is the role that money plays in your family? Why do you save it? What do you plan to do with it? Why is it important? And what is more important? Send us your email. send us your answers. We'd love to hear from you. Right. Because it's fun interacting with all you guys listening to this. We'd love to see what your values are. So our links to the email will be in this write up. You know, we want to hear from you because, again, it helps us realize we're not crazy. And we believe that if you tie values to the purpose of money, then you really can start to get the most from Not There's two parts to it. There's your money and there's your life. Right. They have to be both you know, clearly defined so that you can get the most from it. So we hope that this has been not necessarily just a contrarian conversation, but to give you hope to inspire you to go out and live your best life because you only get one shot at this thing. So thanks for being our guest as always. Thanks for stopping by Ditch the Suits and stay tuned for our next series. Well, thanks for listening. We appreciate you taking the time to listen to this entire episode. Uh, We hope that this information has inspired you and empowered you to go out and live your best life. But let's be honest, you might have a question or two about some of the things we talked about today. If this is you, Travis and I are here to help in any way that we can. You can reach out to us and follow us on social media on Facebook at SeedPG. You can send us an email, uh, info at seedpg.com. Just let us know in the email. This is in regards to Ditch the Suits, a question or topic you might want us to cover. Or you can visit our website, which is seedpg.com. That's seedpg.com. Head up to that right corner, fill out that contact us button and just let us know in the comments that this is in regards to Ditch the Suits. If you have a question, a series of questions or anything we can do to help you on your journey to financial freedom, Travis and I are here to help. So again, it's your money and it's your life. You only get one shot at this thing. Our job is to make sure you get the most out of it. Thanks for being our guests. And until next time, have a great day. Thanks for listening. Ready to ditch the suits? Remember, it's your money and your life. For more information, visit SeedPG.com. That's SeedPG.com. If this podcast has impacted you, we ask that you subscribe or follow so you never miss an episode and be sure to share with a friend.